Welcome to another edition of Solid Steps Radio. My name is Chad Russell. I'm co-host. I'm sitting across from Kurt Souter of Further Still Ministries. How are you doing today, Kurt? Chad, doing awesome. Doing good. Yes. It's, it's good to be alive, you know it? Well, it's uh, it's good to be alive. We're actually, uh, depending on when you hear this show, it's, it's right around Christmas time. Heading right around the corner. And um, so joy to the world, right? Yes, we are excited about that. <laughs> That's right. And, um, and you're just—I love Christmas, man. I I love the Christmas season. I, I always say it around my house. I love to see Christmas come, <laughs> and I love to see Christmas go. <laughs> I mean, just the busyness while, of yeah, everything. It, it and, can wear you and, out. Ooh, my goodness, but uh, fun times around our house. But uh, hello, welcome to Solid Steps Radio. If you've never heard us, we are a show for men by men, talking about things from a man's perspective. And the name of the show, Solid Steps, is we are a show for guys, and we believe that men were created with the destiny to walk with God. And we just want to be a tool in your toolbox, men, to help you walk solidly with God and take solid steps, whether it's in your marriage, whether it's raising kids, whether it's in your job, whether it's uh, relationships, health, whatever it is. We talk about everything. And if you want to hear any of our past shows you can go to our Facebook page. You can go to soundcloud.com, and you just type in Solid Steps Radio, and you will see on iTunes, you'll see all of our past shows, and uh, we've, we cover everything. So we've had some uh, some great shows, and in fact, we have a repeat uh, guest today. But we got before, a repeat guy, yeah. Before we bring him on, um, we... Uh, I want to read a few, few characteristics to you, Kurt, and you tell me what this may sound like. Social isolation, emotional hijacking, erosion of emotional energy, exhaustion, personal isolation, and mania. Sounds like you need therapy. <laughs> I was going to say, <laughs> it sounds like <clears throat> an afternoon with me for a little bit around my house. But no, no, those are actually some characteristics that may describe some people's workplace, which that sounds a little bit extreme. But our guest today, who we've talked about in the past, uh, we've had him on actually episode number 28 of our podcast. Go back and listen to that and then match it up with this one, and you're going to hear a lot of cool things coming together. We got Dr. Brad Chuck with us again. And Brad, it is great to have you back, man. What's up, man? It's so good to be here with you guys this morning. And yeah, man. It's Merry Christmas, everybody. Yeah. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. It's, uh, I love it. You, uh, yeah, it's, it, you're back in and we're, we're loving it, man. Uh, thanks, man. I appreciate you guys having me back in and it's, uh, it's not a chance. I don't often get the chance to talk about this, uh, this kind of stuff with, with some dudes and some guys and, and, and talk about it from a man's perspective. And so it's a pleasure to be here. We're going to, um, uh, listeners, we're going to talk about leadership today and, uh, Brad, that's what you uh, that's what you do day in and day out, right? Yeah, man. So I am uh, I'm an associate professor. Uh, so since the last podcast, I got promoted and tenured at U of L, which is awesome. Nice. Uh, so I'm an associate professor of organizational leadership at U of L, and I'm our program director. So I oversee the master's, bachelor's, and doctoral program. Well, that's not as cool as a Heisman Trophy. But not it's as cool. cool. <laughs> not as cool. But hey. I can't strike that pose though. It's not. It doesn't look as good. It does. Though. No, it doesn't mm-hmm. look as good. Mm-hmm. Lamar Jackson does a lot better than you. Man, we are just we are so proud. <laughs> of him and just so proud of his character and kind of guy he is and what he represents at UofL. I mean, it's, 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 been, a, it's been a great run. Yeah, that's uh, and we, we were talking before the show about his red jacket. Yeah. And uh, you, I think you need to get one of those for Christmas. Listen, my, if my wife was here, she would agree. She would tell you that I would wear that red jacket and I would wear it proudly everywhere. <laughs> I, I may wear it to after breakfast. Christmas, after Christmas. Yeah, I'd wear it before Labor Day, after Labor Day, <laughs> to breakfast in the morning, to dinner. It doesn't matter. I might sleep in it. <laughs> 
Uh, then she might, uh, well, who knows what Angie might do to you. Uh, well, if you know my wife, you know that she's the kindest, most patient, gracious person out there. Uh, we've been married 15 years almost. Can you believe that? And and your girl's how old now? Six years old, man. She's six years old, and that is just mind-boggling to me. It's yeah. To watch how God will take a little person and create this human, this adult who can reason and have logic and, I mean, it blows my mind. It's it's uh, it's you're you're blessed, brother. Yeah, man, that's hundred percent. Okay, so hey, let's talk about leadership. And last time when you were here, we we discussed compassionate leadership. Just, uh, give a give a, a, a minute or two summary of yeah. compassionate leadership and what that looks like. Yeah, so uh, com- compassionate leadership are those behaviors that really distinguish a leader in the workplace. And some some of those let me just t- some of those behaviors are treating people with dignity, being authentic being present in the moment, holding people accountable, having empathy, and also working with a sense of integrity. And remember from the last podcast, dignity was one of the most powerful competencies a leader can deploy in the workplace. Treating people with dignity single-handedly predicts most workplace outcomes, things like discretionary effort, intent to turnover, creativity, and so on, because it has such an emotionally powerful effect on people. So uh, compassionate leadership is our, uh, kind of the opposite of what we're going to be talking about today. Which is? Dysfunctional leadership. Dysfunctional leadership. But, you know, when, when we, I, I remember after the show, when he said, we, mm-hmm. we're going to have you come back and we're going to talk about dysfunctional leadership. And I was excited because I, there's times that all of us slip into mm-hmm. uh, t- to some degree or another of dysfunctional leadership, whether it be in the workplace or at home. So d- describe that and then we're going to continue to really expound on that the rest of this yeah show. so I, I think that's really important to mention that um I, and i i want to i want to make note for the for the guys that could be listening like we, we need to I, I need to come from this from a real place of of being humble um some of the things that we're going to talk about today are things that I, I do at home all the time or i may do at work and these things creep into my life right and, and without being consciously aware being able to flip that switch back to a place of compassion these things can erode the emotional kind of environment that I've that I'm trying to intentionally build in my house, but also with my relationships with my wife and my family, and uh, and most notably the workplace. So if you're a leader, uh, like these things happen, right? And, and and so I think we should say that. So so you're saying, I want to be a compassionate leadership guy. I teach it, I lead it, I speak about it, all that, mm-hmm. and you can slip into dysfunctional leadership you can you can and i think it's so easy in today's workplace environment because who's not busy who's not connected constantly who doesn't feel pressure all the time to be on email or, ch- or to check your iphone or to work a little bit later when your uh, family goes to bed oh no, hey 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 yeah, hey, no, hey hold on now hey hey Step hey get it. that's enough right there get it <laughs> you are convicting me already and we haven't even started <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness! Oh, okay. So, it's just um, a bunch. Oh my goodness! I was doing that last night. Yeah, man. Me too. Gosh. I'm confessing right oh, now. Are we? You know, the Bible does say, "Confess your sins to one another." Are we confessing our sins to one another? We are, and I feel like there's a lot of grace right here in this room. <laughs> okay, okay, we're gonna give each other grace. You know what? I'm so glad that God is gracious with us. Mm-hmm. We, you know, we, we, listeners, we pray every time before we start the show, and uh, we thank the Lord our perfect shepherd, that he mm. is never dysfunctional. Mm. We might not understand him fully and completely, and we don't because he's a mysterious God, but he is a perfect shepherd. Yeah. So, so Brad, 
talk with us just uh, right now. Just give us kind of a, a, a working definition, maybe, of dysfunctional leadership that can be in the home, could be at yeah. workplace. Uh, talk about that. So w- we actually have a really precise definition of this function, and and I'm, I'm going to give that to you, and then we can kind of un- unpack a little bit of that. Okay. The the definition that we use to describe a dysfunctional leader is that it's a person uh, in a position of influence, status, or research resource differential that overtly exhibits verbal, nonverbal behavior that impairs operational function of individuals, teams, and organizations. This is a person who's in a place of influence, okay. who uses nonverbal and verbal behavior to sway and impair operational function. What is really, really important about a dysfunctional leader is they're often unaware of the consequences of their behavior. So they're not doing these things on purpose. They think they're being helpful, but they're not being helpful. So they they're, don't have the emotional intelligence to tune in in the moment to shift over, right? So they they, make, they they just they just not they don't know that they're being dysfunctional. That's right. That's exactly and that and that's what's different between a dysfunctional leader and abusive leader. Think um, uh, Michael Scott on The Office, right? Michael Scott was attempting to be really helpful, right? And every he woke up every day trying to make people a little bit better. But we could watch from an outside lens and look into that and say, oh man, this guy is like. This, this is a, a dysfunctional human being in so many ways, but he was blissfully unaware of that. And that is one of the distinguishing characteristics of a dysfunctional leader. They don't know they're mm-hmm. being dysfunctional. That's right. But they don't know they're being stupid. They don't, but the people they work with... They surely do. They surely do. And, uh, and there's, not, there's not much they can do about it. So... Um, so, so that first part of the definition, they're, mm-hmm. they're, in, a, they're in a role of influence. That's right. They, that, so that can... I mean, that's... That's all of us. It's broad, man. Absolutely. That's right. And then the next piece of that definition is, say it again. They use verbal and nonverbal behavior to impair function. So, so it can be they're, they're not, it's, it's not they're even saying something. No. It could be something they are doing, not even using their mouth, and it can be really impairing somebody else. Yeah. So think about, um, think about when someone ignores you for a long period of time, right? And you see them. You see them walking down the hallway. And you'll, you may say good morning, and the person never speaks to you. And the first time that happens, we go, oh, well, maybe they're having a bad day, right? Yeah. And the second time that happens, and the third time that happens, and the fourth time that happens. Mm. Or when you get consistently passed up in meetings, right? You have, you have something to contribute. You want your voice to matter and to mean, but, but you keep consistently passed up for that. Those kinds of things, they, they have a cumulative effect over time. Wow. We're going to take a break and That's come back more with Brad uh, and talk more about what it means to be a dysfunctional leader and a guy who's been his own boss for almost 20 years now i should have fired myself multiple times over the because i've been dysfunctional but we're talking about the difference between being dysfunctional at times and being a dysfunctional leader as the norm so we're going to impact unpack that more with brad shuck professor at university of louisville on a little bit more in uh after this break here on solid steps radio Welcome back to our second segment of Solid Steps Radio. Thank you for listening. Uh, we are talking today about dysfunctional leadership. And when I say the word dysfunction, if you think about your living room carpet, then you need to go to Carol Rogers Carpet One because you need to get some new carpet or flooring. And you're, you're being a little dysfunctional. Well, I'm just, no, I'm being very <laughs> functional in regards to helping our sponsors and thanking them for you're, sponsoring you're. our show. So. Uh, thank you, Carol Rogers Carpet One and LNN Credit Union. Both of these local 
uh, businesses, local folks who own it, and local folks running it. And we would love for you to go by Carol Rogers Carpet One and LNN Credit Union. Thank them by using those folks. Uh, when you're using them for carpet flooring or any of your financial needs. So uh, we, we're with Brad Chuck. Brad, we talked about dysfunctional leadership, and let's move right straight into, you, you talked uh, about stinky. Yeah, De- man. Describe that. What does yeah. that mean? So uh, the way this concept kind of came about and how this, how we got interested in this concept is I have some colleagues at the University of Louisville, Dr. Matt Bergman, Dr. Kevin Rose, and Dr. Devin Twyford. We were all literally sitting around in the copy room around the water cooler one day, and we were just talking about really bad bosses that we had had in the past. Um, and we were kind of telling war stories and uh, and having fun with that. And we got to thinking, well, do do those bad leaders that we've had in our past, do they affect our future behavior right now? So do I actually evoke the emotion that that person had on me in the past to make decisions today? And we, we got to wondering about that. And then also, does it have health consequences for me? So do I have uh, high blood pressure as a result of that experience? Or do it, did I experience hypertension? Or are there other kinds of, do I lose sleep at night um, as a result of that? Mm. And if I think back on that time, man, to be honest with you, I've had some pretty stinky leaders in my past. I did lose some sleep and I did have some some home consequences because I worked in this kind of high pressure cooker, dysfunctional, high chronic stress environment. And so we came up with the term stinky because leaders, st- dysfunctional leaders, professionally skunk employees the way that a skunk would skunk your dog at home. And if you've ever had an animal or a cat or a dog skunked at home, look, you know it, right? Everybody can smell it. Everybody can see it, right? And it takes a long time. It takes intentionality to remove that stink from that person. And so when someone's worked in a dysfunctional environment over a period of time, you have to be intentional about removing those scars. There's some healing that has to happen with that person. And if they don't get the proper attention, they don't get the proper rest and healing emotionally that they need, man, they can carry that stink for a long time. I was giving a workshop at the Met in St. Louis, and I was talking about the stinky leadership. And there was a woman literally in the audience, man, and she was crying with tears. And she was remembering a boss that she had worked with who had been particularly challenging for her, particularly dysfunctional. Mm. And and she had, it had been years since she had been with this person and she had evoked that emotion and it just overtook her body. She, she, she didn't, she wasn't able to heal from that experience. And sometimes we, we see that happen with people. And when that happens, there's some health com- consequences that come as a result of that. That's incredible. So let's, Describe you, you might you mentioned last time just ignoring a yeah. you know person just walking by and uh, ignoring them no eye contact no that's right. verbal that's a that's a piece of dysfunctional leadership yeah so, describe some other so what we did is we went as a as a research team we went into the literature and we read everything we possibly could about abusive leaders bad leaders dysfunctional leaders and so on and so on and I mean when I say read everything I mean we read hundreds of articles and then we cataloged all of those behaviors and then collapsed them in and we created what we call the stinky taxonomy which is (laughs) basically this like graduated level of behavior from things like well these are annoying behaviors all the way to these things are pretty traumatic for people and these things include withholding information, breaking promises, making negative comments, being rude, uh, giving people impossible deadlines, lying to people, giving people the silent treatment, insulting people, invading privacy, being vindictive, starting rumors, uh, all the way to things that are crazy, like they physically threaten uh, or they pressure me to use uh, abuse uh, drugs and alcohol. And these 
man, the sad thing is, like, for some people, like, that's the reality of work for them. Now, that it's a very small percentage of the population, but for some people out there listening, there should there, there may be some men out there whose bosses, when they go out to work, like, hey, man, have another drink, have another drink. Hey, man, get, just have one more. It's not a big deal, right? And inside, they don't want to, but they feel very pressured to do that. Uh, Those well. things have consequences when you get home. And as men... There's a there's a piece of pride and ego, and I'm talking from my like I'm talking from a personal perspective here. All right, mm-hmm. like there's a piece of pride and ego that's associated with man. I can control this, and I can remember some times in my own professional career, the the breaking point for me where where I I like really learned about this topic was I was riding home with my wife, and we were in Miami, uh, and we were driving home together, and we had the chance to carpool. And I was working for this amazingly, amazingly dysfunctional leader who used organizational policy as his absolute whipping stone. And he would bring you into a performance evaluation and he would just, he would just tear you down. And he, he did it very intentionally. Interestingly, this man was a, uh, was a Christian and was very involved in his oh church. And, and, the, and on the outside, this is the life that he lived. But between you and him, there was a total different environment. And we were coming home from work, and, I, and I'm like, my head is down. I'm completely defeated. I'm emotionally exhausted from the experience of the day. And I'm trying to protect my team. So I'm in a leadership position, and I've got a leader that is, that is just letting it roll, right? And I'm trying to protect my team to the best of my ability. And my wife looks over at me, and she says, are you okay? And I said, maybe it's me. Maybe I'm the problem. And... For me, at that moment, that's when it clicked. Mm. It wasn't me. It was the situation. It was the circumstance. And so there could be, there's likely men out there today listening here who are in a tough situation at work where they're emotionally eroded. When they get home at night, they're exhausted. They can't sleep. They stay awake at night. They, they get sick. And, and, wow. And, and, and then they bring all that home. They bring it home to unpack to, to their wives and to their kids. And man, they can't tell you why. They, that's that. I think personally speaking from a, just my own experience, not being able to explain that to my wife was one of the most difficult things that I went through as a man, because I, why should I not be able to control this? Why should I not be able to handle this? I'm, I'm a man. I'm strong. I can do these things. Right. But the truth of the matter is that this was way beyond me. This was, and I, and I did, I, I took some time off and man, I had to heal. I had to heal for years before I could be put back into a position before I think God could then place me back into a place where I could lead and and serve. Otherwise, I would have come into there and I would have done the exact same thing. I had to heal, man. Wow. How, how did you not take that home? Oh, I, I my wife should be here to, to 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 talk about the second piece of this story. I, I think I did. I mean, I, I'm sure that I did. I and I think I probably did it in really subtle ways. And I uh, and and that wasn't fair. Um, mm. there's no doubt that I took some of that home. So, so you would go home and there were times you would withdraw. Yeah. You withdraw your, your, sh- your fuse is a little short. You're tired. You're on edge. Right. Um, and you can't explain why you're tired. You're emotionally eroded and exhausted from the day, but not just from that day. Cause it's not about one day. It's not right. about having it's one the bad trickle day. Effect. I mean, it's, it just continues the compound effect. Of- I, th- I think one of the most powerful things I ever heard Kyle Eidelman talk about was the cumulative effect. And I talk about this effect with organizations all over the, the, the world that it is not about being a dysfunctional leader one day. It is not about being a compassionate leader one day. It is not about trying to build employee engagement one day. It is the small acts that build mm. towards something 
huge that feels really sudden, but it's, it's gradual, man. And it builds over time. And dysfunction builds the same way. And emotional erosion builds that same way where you just get eroded. And that's what makes the dysfunctional leader so dangerous in the workplace. It's not the abusive leader. Look, the first time somebody throws a paperweight at your head, you're, you're really clear. Like, hey, I got to look out for this person, right? It's the person that wears you down over five years where you begin to perf- like question your own professional efficacy and your own self-worth. And you ask questions like, maybe it's me. Maybe, maybe I'm the problem. Man, I, I wasn't the problem. It, it wasn't that wasn't bringing the right skill set to work. It's that someone was, was, was literally using policy against me in a way that was extremely unhealthy. Um, I mean, I could go on and tell story. I'm not going to tell stories about this person, but but but, but you, you're 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 just continually, slowly erosion mm. is taking place, yeah. and and all of a sudden, or not all of a sudden, but over time, you you are you're just worn out. Yeah, we call it the stinky spiral, and we use uh, Barbara Fredrickson, who's very famous in the area of positive psychology. She she has what they call a broaden and build theory, which is this emotional these positive experiences at work open up these emotional and physical reservoirs that we draw creativity and innovation. That's where some of that stuff comes from. We just took it in the opposite direction. So, well, if there's an upward trajectory, um, there's a downward trajectory. And so mm. we develop what we call the stinky spiral. And that's where things like emotional hijacking and emotion, erosion of, of emotional energy, disengagement into subpar work, where that stuff starts to take over. Where it gets really, really bad is where people start to depersonalize work. They say things like, I don't care about this anymore. It doesn't matter. It do- well, hey, hey, Kurt, why didn't you raise your hand in that meeting? It doesn't matter what I say. Nobody cares about my opinion. And then they get to a place of personal like mania where um, they have these sheer moments of joy at work where they're on this real high and yeah. then they are just tanked. They're tanked, man. They're tanked. And they don't know how to control that. Wow. We're going we're gonna to continue to unpack that, but we need to take, take a break. We'll take a break and we're going to come back. When you think about about a third of your life is at work, like, I mean, you know, a 40-hour week, if you work a 40-hour week, that's a third of your week time. And you spend that much time at the, at the office, you can't help but bring it home with you, good or bad. So we're going to talk more about not only uh, how do you deal with a stinky leader, how do you live with one and work with one, and how, more importantly, does this affect us as dads? We're going to talk more about that in the upcoming segment of Solid Steps Radio. <laughs> 